from KDNK Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado, in the United States. This is program number 25 of the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. When blind people go places, we don't experience things like our sighted friends. We don't see towering mountains or romantic sunsets. The goal of this program is to create experiences that are more meaningful or just more fun for us and our sighted traveling companions. The Tactile Traveler hopes to empower people not only to go literally around the world, but around the block to new adventures in their lives. Blind ranges from people who are visually impaired and glasses and contact lenses no longer allow them to lead a normal life to people like me who are totally blind, to sighted parents with blind children, blind parents with sighted children, and blind parents with blind children, and people of all ages, interests, and physical abilities. This is a special edition of the Tactile Traveler, where we're explaining why Glenwood Springs is one of the best tourist destinations in the world for blind travelers because of all its experiential opportunities. The Tactile Traveler is broadcast as a radio program from KDNK Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado, in the heart of the Rocky Mountains. I live 13 miles north, 21 kilometers, in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Glenwood Springs is one of the best tourist destinations in the world for blind people because of all the experiential things there are to do here. They're part of what inspired me to develop the concept of the tactile traveler. Today we're going to talk about Glenwood Springs in the winter because it's a great tourist destination and also because it shows examples of what you might want to look for in other places you might want to go. We'll do another story on Glenwood Springs in the summer later this year. It's New Year's Eve at the world's largest hot springs pool. The perfect place for a steamy relationship on your ski trip and a fun place to bring your family. The hot springs pool is really two pools. The small one is 50 by 100 feet, 15 by 30 meters, and 104 degrees Fahrenheit, 40 degrees Celsius. The big pool is a couple of feet to the west and 100 by 405 feet long. That's 105 feet longer than an American football field, 30 by 123 meters, and 92 degrees Fahrenheit, 33 degrees Celsius. Both pools are so big, I bring my white cane with me when I'm in them. 
Otherwise, I'd be walking around in circles. If you're wondering what it's like to walk from the locker room to the pool in the winter, it's not too bad. Glenwood gets down to the low teens and even single digits at night, but it's in a semi-arid climate, which is a lot nicer than humid climates. The pool has mats to walk on from the locker rooms to the pool, but they don't line up with the stairs going into the pool. So when you reach the edge of the pool, step a couple of feet to the right where you'll find a railing. Notice that the left railing is loose and you can shake it with your hand. It makes a good landmark when you want to find your way back to the locker rooms. There are always a lot of people who would be happy to guide you from the locker rooms and back. People have a way of leaving locker doors open when they leave. So I've learned to keep one arm in front of my face so I wouldn't be gouged by a locker door again. There are a couple of family and handicapped changing rooms. They're open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week, and they may not be open late for New Year's Eve in the future. They do close a couple of days a year for maintenance, so check their webpage when you plan your trip. About a mile west of the Glenwood Hot Springs pools are the Iron Mountain Hot Springs which has 16 hot springs pulled, each a different size, shape, and temperature, ranging from 98 to 108 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 37 to 42 degrees Celsius, plus a freshwater family pool. The Iron Mountain Hot Springs suggest making reservations in advance on their webpage before going there because they stop letting people in when they reach their capacity. Because of the layout of the pools, if you do not have enough residual vision to stay oriented, we suggest you go with a sighted traveling companion. It can get really cold if you can't find your way to the warm lockers and restaurants. The Iron Mountain Hot Springs is open from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week with some exceptions for holidays, so check their webpage when you're planning your trip. Just east of the Hot Springs Lodge and Pool is the Yampa Spa and Vapor Caves. So our vapor caves are just pretty much a natural sauna. They've been here for quite some time. The spa itself has been here since 1893, and it's a natural sauna. We have natural hot spring water running through the caves. And then it creates a vapor in there, and it's about 100% humidity. And on top of that, it ranges from 112 to 115 in degrees Fahrenheit down there. That's Caitlin Wilson from the Yampa Spa and Vapor Cave. The Vapor Caves are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., with the exception of Christmas Day, and they close early on Christmas Eve. Yampa is spelled Y-A-M-P-A-H. If you're a Western history buff, you might want to make a trip to the Glenwood Springs Historical Society and Museum. The museum is in a donated home that was built about a hundred years before anyone ever thought of making buildings accessible for people with disabilities. Caroline Tipperly is the museum's curator. 
I've got to admit that this museum facility is quite difficult for people with disabilities to navigate. In part, we have stairs to get into the building, stairs between the two different levels of exhibits, and even we have exhibits on a landing that happens between the two levels. A lot of our displays are behind glass display cases, but there are some things that are uh, available to, for a tactile experience. We've got some clothing, some garments, quilts, and furniture on the upper level, which of course requires getting up the steps. We've got kitchen implements and devices in the drawers, which we would be fine having people come in and touch, although we don't generally leave the drawers open. We would offer, if you bring a guide, we're not going to charge your guide for admission to the museum. We have a children's room also upstairs that has things like toys and roller skates and hobby horses and a little tea set. I talked with the uh, executive director and that's the sort of thing that we would be willing to let disabilities go into the exhibit, whereas currently we have a rope to kind of keep folks from touching things. Not everything in here can be touched because the oils on our fingers could compromise, you know, the, the historical resources. The famous or possibly infamous gunslinger Doc Holliday died in Glenwood Spring on November 8, 1887 of tuberculosis in the Hotel Glenwood. Tuberculosis was common at the time, and many people came to Glenwood Springs for its sunny, dry climate and treatment. Doc is best known for his involvement in the shootout at the OK Corral. The Glenwood Hotel burned down after Doc's demise. Standing on the site is Bullock's Western Wear, Western Decorations, and Western Furniture Store. It's the fourth largest seller of Western hats by a family-owned business in the United States. In its basement is a collection of Doc Holliday memorabilia curated and maintained by the Glenwood Historical Society and Museum. It includes, among other things, the alleged Derringer used by Doc. You do have to go down one flight of stairs to reach the basement. If you call the museum in advance, They'll do everything they can to help you enjoy the museum and the Doc Holiday collection. A couple of doors down from Bullock is Doc Holiday's bar. It was in the movie Flashback, starring Dennis Hopper and Kiefer Sutherland. The movie's plot took place in Oregon, but lots of it was really shot here in Glenwood Springs. If you've seen the movie, it'd be a lot of fun to find many of the places in the movie that were shot near down. About 13 miles southwest of Glenwood Springs is the Sunlight Mountain Resort. With skiing, cross-country skiing, snowboarding, and snowmobiling. And where I was the director of sales for three years in the 1980s. And where I buy my season passes now. In Colorado... Sunlight's considered a medium-sized ski resort. In most other states, it would be a major resort. It has ski runs ranging from the two-and-a-half-mile-long Beginner's Trail Ute to Black Double Diamonds that Carrie Thompson, who taught for 16 years at Aspen's toughest mountain, Aspen Highlands, says are steeper and hairier than anything in Aspen and it's real family-friendly and unpretentious. You won't have to worry about having the latest ski gear and clothing. It doesn't have a blind skier program, so you'll have to bring your own guide. Sunlight Ski School Director Joe Sims 
told the tactile traveler that he might be able to arrange for a guide if you contact him in advance by calling the ski school or contacting him by email, joe at sunlightmtnresort.com. They do have a set of blind skier and blind skier guide orange vests in the ski services department. Sunlight only has two hotels on the mountains, so most people stay in Glenwood Springs. They do have a shuttle going to and from the mountain twice a day. About a mile west of downtown Glenwood Springs is the Glenwood Caverns Adventure Park. It's a mountaintop theme park reached by a ski lift type gondola. It's home of the largest underground caverns in Colorado and operates their alpine coaster and a zipline ride in the winter, weather permitting. You can make s'mores in their fire pits under a million Christmas lights. It also has restaurants and a 4D theater. The 4D theater is very experiential, even if you're blind or blind in one eye and only see in two dimensions. The seats move and you might be hit by a blast of air or water vapor. And the view is spectacular for your sighted friends. It also gives non-skiers a chance to ride in a ski lift and experience a mountaintop in the winter. Even though the gondola cars are enclosed, they can get pretty chilly at night in the winter. So bundle up. Glenwood Springs has a vaudeville theater, the Glenwood Springs Vaudeville Review and Dinner Theater, featuring songs, dancing, and really corny jokes. Well, it's okay, Doc. You can tell me. How bad is it? Well, I hate to tell you this, but you've only got ten to live. Ten? Ten what? Ten ten years? Ten months? Ten days? Ten what? Ten? Nine? Eight, seven. Whether you pronounce it vaudeville or vaudeville, it's great family entertainment. The Glenwood Vaudeville Review has an audio loop that sends their audio directly to your hearing aids if your hearing aids have a T-coil and wireless receivers for folks who are hard of hearing or don't have a T-coil in their hearing aids or would just like a hearing boost. And they're great at giving folks who are blind or visually impaired seating right next to the stage. Just ask them when you make reservations. Did you hear about the two peanuts that were walking down a dark alley? Well, one was assaulted. Every attraction we've talked about so far has an entry fee or requires a ski lift ticket. But there are a lot of free things to do in Glenwood Springs and its surrounding area. You can cross-country ski or snowshoe for free at the Sunlight Mountain Resort. And they rent the equipment if you don't have your own. And you can cross-country for free at Spring Gulch near Carbondale. Do not allow snowshoes. Spring Gulch is very rustic. 
The only structure there is a porta potty. You have to warm up in your car. When you're in Carbondale, you can stop at KDNK and learn about community access radio. Carbondale has lots of good bars, restaurants, and art galleries. Drive about 13 miles west of Glenwood Springs on Interstate 70, and you'll arrive at the Sopris Alpaca Farm. No admission fee to get in. Just come back. Uh, anytime we're open every day except Thanksgiving and Christmas from 10 to 4. That's Kim Wesson, who, along with her husband, owns the Sopris Alpaca Farm. She says petting and feeding alpaca, whose fleeces feel like cashmere, is a very tactile experience. We have not had blind people come, which would be quite the experience to be able to feel the fiber. And they come right up to the fence and uh, you can feel their fleece, which is fun this time of year because they're in full fleece. We sear them once a year, usually the first weekend in May. Um, so that's a fun experience, too, to see them after they've been shorn. Back in Glenwood, if you'd like a little exercise in history, go for a hike up to the Pioneer Cemetery and home of Doc Holliday's grave, sort of, where the sharpshooting dentist and gambler experience his last cavity. The Pioneer Cemetery is on the side of Lookout Mountain and a few hundred vertical feet above town. Doc was originally buried at the foot of the mountain in an unmarked pauper's grave. Eventually, the city of Glenwood decided to move the poor folks' bodies up to the cemetery. So they hired a guy to do it. Unfortunately, Guy wasn't into paperwork and didn't keep track of who was buried where. So when you take the moderate hike up to the cemetery, you will find a big memorial to Doc and a little history about Doc, including he's really buried somewhere in the cemetery. People frequently leave empty whiskey bottles and playing cards for whoever is buried there. The trip up to the cemetery is really interesting. It has signs along the way with the history of Glenwood Springs Black residents who were buried in the cemetery. On your return trip downtown, you might want to walk over the Colorado River Pedestrian Bridge to the historic Hotel Colorado. It was built in late 1590s, soon after the Hot Springs Pool opened. It was the summer home of some of the wealthiest people in the world. Some of them even came in their private train cars. The most famous was president and outdoorsman Teddy Roosevelt, who made the Hotel Colorado his summer White House. The story goes that one day, President Roosevelt went bear hunting and came back empty-handed. You know how awful everyone feels when someone doesn't come back with a bear. The maids felt like that, so they made one for him out of rags and called it a teddy bear. When you're in the Hotel Colorado, you can visit a display of real teddy bears. They look like Teddy Roosevelt. Some of them are even wearing monocles. Notice right past the display is the hotel's main ballroom, which is long and narrow. 
That's because it was designed for dancing the minuet that was a big rage when the hotel was built. On the south side of the pedestrian bridge is the historic Glenwood Springs train station. The California Zephyr stops there once eastbound and once westbound every day. If you're going through Glenwood, when the train stops to let passengers off and on and the smoke break, you can experience Glenwood Springs for a few minutes. Do not go into the train station to take pictures or to take pictures where the movie Flashback was made because you won't hear the train whistle to know that it's about to leave. Someone is left stranded there about once a month. Frequently a woman who left her purse with all her money, IDs, and credit cards on the train. An important part of many people's winter trip to Glenwood Springs is Aspen, which is 41 miles from Glenwood Springs. Because a lot of people stay in Glenwood, which is much cheaper, and commute to Aspen. And many people stay and ski here and go to the world-class resort for a couple of days of their ski trip. Aspen does have a blind skier program. It's part of Challenge Aspen, which works with people with all kinds of disabilities. One of the great things about Glenwood Springs and all the cities near it is its great bus system. The Tactile Travelers, Joanna Belmont. Well, it's cheaper than Aspen. It's the Roaring Fork Transportation Authority called RAFTA. It's spelled R-F-T-A. The A is added when you say it, because without it, you'd have to say RUFTA, which isn't real zippy. RAFTA covers 68 miles, 109 kilometers. From the city of Rifle, 27 miles, 43 kilometers, west of Glenwood Springs, to Aspen, 41 miles, 66 kilometers, southeast of Glenwood Springs. If you're between 19 and 64, it's a good deal. Five bucks from Glenwood to Aspen. Kids 6 to 18 only pay a buck to go anywhere in the system. If you're under 6 or over 65, it's free anywhere. All you have to do if you're eligible to ride free is to tell the driver you're a senior. They may ask for an ID with your birthday on it. If you're visually impaired, blind, have another disability, or are a veteran, you can go for half price. If you're traveling for or with a nonprofit organization, it's only $2 per trip. Discounts do need to be arranged in advance. Because so many people commute from Rifle, Glenwood, and Carbondale, work and ski in Aspen, RAFTA buses run often up to six times an hour during rush hour and three times an hour during the middle of the day. RAFTA has nice buses. Most of them even have reclining seats and ski and snowboard racks on the side of the buses during ski season. The ski racks are on the right side of the buses, between the front and the rear doors. If you use the ski racks, remember where you put your skis or snowboard so that you can find them if you can't see them. 
you also can carry your skis and snowboards on the bus if you're going to have trouble describing or finding them. In addition to Rafta, most places you need to go in Glenwood Springs are serviced by Ride Glenwood, a free bus service that operates from about 6.30 a.m. to about 7.30 p.m. Thank you, Joanna. Glenwood Springs is a middle-class resort. Restaurants, where there are many good ones, are moderately priced for a resort town. And so are hotels, motels, bed and breakfast, and Airbnbs. Many of them are part of the ski, swim, and lodging package, where you get a hotel room, sunlight lift ticket, and one-day swim ticket to the hot springs pool for about the same price as a one-day lift ticket in Aspen. That's based on two people per room. People in Glenwood Springs have had no reason to realize that it's such a good place for blind tourists. I'm sure as they start seeing more of us here, they will do more things to be more accommodating, like having more Braille menus and put Braille numbers on the lockers in the hot springs pools or spas. John Rush and Vicki Andreasen helped with this story. We'd like to thank the following organizations and people who have helped make today's program possible. Be My Eyes Microsoft Accessibility Tech Support, Apple Accessibility Tech Support, Pat Caro, Lorraine Hutchinson, Sarah Williams, Sophia Williams, Lucas Turner, and Raleigh Burley. This has been the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. This has been a production of KDNK Community Access Radio, Carbondale, Colorado.